from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. On a Friday, we like to get some TV, movie recommendations. King of the Nerds, Adam Ross, back with us. Adam, good morning. Good to be here, Pablo. Now, you are the king of the nerds, sitting on your throne, and I've got a feeling you love to pump a bit of iron. You might resonate with Sly. Did you love the new doco on Netflix? Yeah, man, look, I honestly did. I am a really weird amalgamation of, like, a super nerd that goes to the gym. So I'm effectively Peter Parker, I guess, in some (laughs) kind of way. And, look, it's not lost on me that, you know, being a child of the 80s, I was, um, you know, I was exposed to these monolithic physiques, you know, these guys like Sly and Arnie and Dolph Lundgren and stuff you know these towering hunks of man meat and so you know like it's that has become pretty normalized in this new marvel cinematic universe thing that we're doing but you know these guys really kind of broke new ground you know leading men in the 70s you know look like gene hackman and al pacino and then now you got sly you know um but this doco is really good and it's really palatable it's easy to digest because it's only 90 minutes you don't have to spend um five hours listening to slow dog like this so it's um (laughs) but it's a really heartfelt short doco in the way and it's surprising in a lot of ways because you know you wouldn't um it wouldn't be an unnatural thought to think that this is going to be this hagiography where sly just tells you about how good he is you know we recently had the arnold series and you know and that was just like a wikipedia entry of all the greatest achievements in human history you know and so but sly here is more vulnerable he shows his real artistic and creative side and a lot of people forget that there was no path forward for him the way that he looked you know like um he kind and you know and with his voice and his mannerisms and so he created his own career you know he wrote rocky and refused to budge on it until they would make it with him in the center and then he became one of the most kind of unlikely but hugest box office stars of our lifetime so seeing kind of this internal push pull that he has and you know he's got a real kind of poet's soul which sounds funny me even saying it but yeah this is kind of touching you know it's got some great talking heads obviously arnie uh, makes you know big appearances here. Quentin Tarantino definitely kind of does this thing as well and says that you know Sly never really had the critical adulation that he might have wanted, but he lives in a special place in moviegoers' minds. You know, a lot of people have got a soft spot for Sly. So yeah, if um you want you know, and he's still kicking. You know, like mm. I mean, Expendables four just came out. I remember when Expendables one came out. You know, like fifteen years ago. I'm like, this is the last lap. This is it. You know, <laughs> like, you know. I mean, and it's even it's funny too because Sly too, as well as one of the first actors to really popularize sequels, just going again, and again, and again, and having these different entries. And now we're living in an age where we have Fast and Furious ten, and you know, so sequels are, are not as uh, as bad a thing as they used to be. Maybe because it's long. Maybe, maybe indeed. Uh, now, I recommended this one to you the other week. I'm glad you've got around to seeing it. Escaping Twin Flames, a great true crime, true investigation docker. Look, um, you and I love this stuff. You love your dating shows and we love this true crime. And here's a true crime about a dating show, you know, <laughs> effectively. But, you know, look, Escaping Twin Flames is made by the team that made Seduce, the next Sim Doco. So there's a lot of shared DNA here. Yeah. So it, when I was watching more of it last night, I was squirming on the couch, man. Like, I mean, look, entrepreneurs are really close to my least favorite people on the planet. And when you take that kind of mindset and then you, you and you're grappling, like you're cobbling that on top of human you know vulnerability emotionally and relationship damage that people have gone through you get something especially toxic you know so this concept here that you know that people are googling how do i get over a broken heart and this you know and this couple here are basically effectively using seo to then target you into their courses um and then once you're in and if you even get if you get a remotely decent relationship then you become a coach so it's like multi-level marketing for the emotionally vulnerable and so it just 
watching the insincerity of these people, I'm kind of like, you know, we do this with all our cult docos where we go, I wouldn't fall for that, you know. <laughs> but, um, like, you know, like the next in one before this, uh, this has got great talking heads where people have had, you know, the dust has settled, they've got some distance, and they just talk, they just say, look, I was in a really bad place, I was lonely. And so anyone that would offer any solution to that, I would just, you know, I would bite at. And so watching this, yeah, watching their behaviour and watching the people reconciling what they've been through is, yeah, really, it's fascinating and disturbing stuff. And it's still all playing out, which is crazy. You can look them up on Instagram and see how they're living their life right now. I'm going to put my hand up. I did that for about half an hour after watching the documentary. (laughs) and uh, It's a deep dive you don't want to do. Uh, I like, yeah, I've always got, you know, I finished that. I've got one eyebrow up on my phone looking where <laughs> these people are now all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, now, Invincible out on Prime Season 2. Now, Invincible is something that I normally kind of wouldn't jump at because it's an animated series, but it is adult. It's very The Boys, uh, and it's based on the comics of Robert Kirkman, who also gave us The Walking Dead. Um, it's got an incredible voice cast here, you know, uh, Stephen Nguyen here, Sandra Oh, you know, J.K. Simmons, and it basically takes this, you know, this very, very kind of bright, colourful comic book aesthetic and then just kind of slathers it in gore. But what it does, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the most kind of puerile and, and violent children's morning cartoon that you've ever seen. So, But the plotting here is incredibly intricate and very twisted, um, and it's not something that you can kind of passively watch. So I'm still kind of reconciling what even Invincible is. I mean, the reviews are really, really good, Um and I would agree with that assessment because it's bracingly strange. Um, you know, it's going to repulse children and it's also going to confuse anyone, yeah, that just thinks it's a cartoon. But season two has been a long time coming. It's been about two years between drinks here, but um, it's still kind of got the fire. Um, it's got incredible kind of action sequences and, yeah, and really twisted plotting. And I don't know where this is going, so I am invested week to week. So it's pretty good stuff. Now, speaking about cartoons, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is on the streamers. I've never really got into the Spider-Man world. Is this an extension of it? Is it a, a, a next version of the the originals? What is this? This is, look, I mean, you would be... Um... It's not your fault, Pablo. (laughs) I mean, we currently have lots of different versions of Spider-Man that are jumping around on multiple screens. So, I mean, um, for those playing at home, what effectively happened was is that Marvel wanted Spider-Man back and they brokered a deal where they could have Spider-Man as a cinematic character. And so we've got the Marvel version that's Tom Holland. But what Sony retained was the rights to put Spider-Man into video games. And we just got Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation 5, which came out, which is excellent as well. And then we also had animated versions of this right. and so you know um so across the across the spider-verse here is a sequel and it's part one and there's going to be a part two um just with kind of you know like what i was talking about before with uh, invincible this you know these spider-verse films are incredibly kind of complex i'm every time i've sat down to watch one of these i knew that they're going to be splendid visually and i'm like yeah this would be a bit of escapism fun and i find myself mind mapping and just you know kind of going oh my god i'm gonna have to be on wikipedia for four hours after this <laughs> Um, so, you know, like, look, it is, it's got lots of different kind of interdimensional interplay. It's got all these different incarnations of the characters and all this stuff. So for any kind of like hardcore Spidey fan, this is like complete catnip. And our kids, I thought that there would be a rejection point of complexity here, but kids seem to be really loving this and it's resonating with them. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the first one won an Oscar, you know. So, like, I mean, I, I remember when I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh, this is childish and, you know, this kind of Post Malone soundtrack thing, it's not for me. And I've found myself revisiting these films and I think they're a great bit of escapism fun and really, you know, and quite ambitious storytelling as well. So, but definitely watch, you have to watch one and two.
and use Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> multi-screen, multi-use. Yeah, multi-screen entertainment, yeah. Uh, some great mixed bag of entertainment uh, suggestions for this weekend on the couch. Adam, it's always good to chat, and uh, we'll check in next week. My pleasure. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. Triple